podcast is brought to you by Jeff Havens, the author of Innovation Made Simple, and also Us Versus Them, redefining the multi-generational workplace to inspire your employees to love your company, drive innovation, and embrace change. In this interview with Jeff, he speaks about the fact that innovation doesn't have to be scary, and everything big starts with something small. Jeff is a renowned workshop leader and speaker on the subject of innovation, and he really does make the topic, which sometimes can be overwhelming, very simple. If you want to learn about the steps that Jeff outlines in his book, join us for podcast number 638, where we explore the creative process of innovation. If you want to learn more about Jeff Havens, you can go to www.jefffavens.com where you can watch videos and become more familiar with Jeff and his services. Please enjoy this podcast with Jeff Havens about innovation made simple. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. Uh, Chris, as I do all the time, I actually have to thank the listeners, uh, the people that have followed me and keep following me on Facebook and Twitter and all those great social media sites is amazing and I love it. And, um, Today, joining us from Whistler, which is up in Canada, is Chris Beraz-Brown. Did I pronounce that right, Chris? That's close enough. I like it. How do you say it? Well, no, it's, it, it is Beraz. I, I, that's what I use. It's a, officially, it's a Huguenot name. So my wife uh, gave me that one. So she would say Barre. Barre. But, okay. But I'm a Beraz boy. Yeah. I'll say Barre. And <laughs> Chris... Chris has a new book out. He actually has, I think, five or four others. Is that right, Chris? Uh, yeah, I've got four in total, yeah. Okay. And this book is called Wake Up, a handbook for living in the here and now. I, I should say I interviewed Ram Doss. This should have been one of Ram Doss's books. 54 Playful Strategies to Help You Snap Out of Autopilot. This is an awesome book for anybody uh, it doesn't matter if you're in the work environment, you're an individual, this crosses all barriers. But Chris, I'm going to let my listeners know a tad about you. Um, as Chris' website said, by the way, you can go to www.barez-brown.com to learn more about Chris. Also, before I forget, Chris, there's an app that you can download for this on iOS and Android which goes along with the book. There's no additional charge. I would say definitely get that. This is a great little addition uh, to your book, Chris. So what is Chris like? Uh, Chris likes people, creativity, life, uh, cedar, and guitar. And he said he excels at the first uh, four in guitar he must still be working on. He's a <laughs> master at transformation. He is fascinated by people and what makes them ticks. By teaching folk how to think differently, Chris makes their lives and business more technicolor in hue. Uh, Chris has recently been described as the Guardian as a long-haired, twinkly-eyed cross between Richard Branson and the Wizard. He's relaxed and entertaining, and you'll know at the end of this interview, you can make your own judgment. Chris is definitely somebody who's going to have you wake up here in the next 30 minutes and pay attention. So, Chris... You mentioned that at times you feel connected, you're in the zone, you're in the flow. Then at other times you feel like you're out of control. You're this pinball running around like a crazy man. Um, that's 100% of everybody on the globe, I'd say. You state that we end up on an autopilot. 
how do you help your clients being creating awareness of what they're doing so that they can change their behaviors between that subconscious, conscious, and superconscious mind? Well, it's a great question. I mean, I think the starting point is to help people understand why it happens, because it happens for a very good reason, and it's all part of our, our wonderful design. Um, basically, our, our conscious brain uses just a ton of energy. Um, it's like a V8 gas guzzling machine, and therefore, when we're using it, we tire very quickly. You know, if, we, if you ever learned a new language or instrument, you, you know how exhausting it is. So we save energy by switching to the, the more efficient Tesla-like subconscious, which basically saves energy by saying, look, if, if I've seen something like this before, I'm going to assume it's exactly the same as last time. And, 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 and therefore, I can just go into habitual patterns and routines, which is fantastic for when we're driving long distances down the road, um, because it means that we can conserve energy and, and we're totally safe in doing so. The difficulty is, of course, that it happens every day in our life. It happens when we're at work, when we're um, you know, with our loved ones, when we're living our lives. So for me, it's just educating people to start with on them understanding why it happens. Because, it, you know, it obviously happens to us all for, for good reason. And then the question is, of course, you know, what can you do about it? Because I personally don't believe that we should, um, you know, should ever aim to get off autopilot for the whole of our lives. Because, you know, we'd, we'd have to spend, you know, a lot of time in recovery if you're going to do that. Because it would just be far too tiring. The question is, how can you get it down to something that just means that you can shine a bit more brightly and lead a more extraordinary life? And that's, that's what I'm after in the book. Mm-hmm. Now... You know, it's interesting about the subconscious mind because the subconscious mind, Chris, is the storehouse. It's the place where all of our experiences are stored to call on. And so, and obviously we've got this thing which you don't address as much in the book, but kind of this ego too, right? And so the ego gets in the way as well. Can you explain to our listeners really how you let, you create this awareness about how this mechanism works in the in the frontal lobes of our brains that actually keeps us in autopilot well sure so so um the research that was carried out before this book would indicate that we spend you know up to around 80 percent of our life on autopilot Mm -hmm. um and and obviously if we're doing stuff that's habitual and you know if you're if you're working in a manufacturing line that's that's no no big problem because that actually means that you can serve energy and you can do things very efficiently um, the, the issue is that if you, you want to look at today and say, well, what is unique and special about this context that I'm living right now versus what happened yesterday, you can't do that in autopilot. Mm-hmm. So the, the key thing is to be able to step out of it when the time is right. And, and you, obviously, you can't do it all day long. As I said, you'd be exhausted. But if you just do it a few times a day and actually ask yourself the question, what's needed here, then you've got a chance to actually lead, I think, a more extraordinary life. And, and that's really the kind of the, the whole premise of the book. Yeah. Well, one of the things you talk about, which was really, really, really important is our breathing, right? And you sure. give all of this book really for my listeners as you go through it, colorful pages, illustrations, designs, everything's in a different color for each one of the, what I would call them kind of mini applications, right? Things you could do, yeah. places you can write in the book. And you state that we take 20,000 breaths per day and that breathing properly is the fastest way to get off autopilot. So this is one of your recommendations. What recommendations do you have for our listeners about noticing their breath, breathing properly, and finding themselves in more of a mindful state and and less versus mindless state? Sure, absolutely. So 
I, I think the breathing thing is fascinating. So I've got a coach I've been working with for I think 15 years now, and the first time he started to coach me, he just he just worked on my breathing, and that's all we did for six months. That's how bad I was at it, and and I am not alone, right? So um, we we often run week long workshops in my house down down by the coast, and we will have you know CEO level people there, and I would say that. A third of the people at the end of the week, and you know, on this week we're teaching them how to lead better, how to facilitate better, you know, how to resonate more as a brand. But I'd say a third of them leave saying the biggest thing they learned was how to breathe. So, so it's something we can all improve. It's something we can all practice. For me, the most important thing is that often in Western society we tend to breathe very shallow breaths. We tend to have clavicular or thoracic breathing, and actually, what you really want is diaphragmatic. So you want to fill your tummy up with with air. Because the bottom third of our lungs um, has two-thirds of the oxygen capacity, so you want to make sure you get you know, a good lungful into that. And, um, and, and for me, a lot of it's also on, on timing. So you want to fill your tummy, but what I, I spend a lot of time on is just making sure that actually you do a, like a four, five, six breath. So you breathe in through your nose for the count of four, you hold it for the count of five, and then you breathe out through your mouth for a count of six. If you do that a few times, you become incredibly present, incredibly quickly, uh, because obviously with all that oxygen in your brain, you get a much clearer perception, and it's a fantastic way to get off autopilot and wake up. Well, certainly is, and obviously for my listeners, they know that other ways to get there, obviously, is meditation, yoga, any martial arts program, because it's going to teach you how to breathe and get you in touch with your breathing. And I, I highly recommend those as well. Um, you obviously can do alternate nostril breathing, as you're saying, holding one nostril, then the other, breathing in, breathing out. There's all kinds of techniques that are used. The point is, as Chris is saying, is to make you aware of the now, to get you in the present moment, slow you down, pay attention. Now, one of those things that you speak about in the book, because you give lots of these little tips, and we're going to just talk about them, throughout here is uh, eliminating TV. You state that deliberately avoiding the passive state induced by television that we find that we're more conscious. Um, you know, I think people are addicted to it. They're addicted to the news. And it's not just the TV either, Chris. It's our cell phones and our iPads. And it's all of these things that this media is constantly bombarding on us. If you were to do a diet and you were to tell people, hey, I want you to get off of the the diet of the cell phone and the electronic devices and the TV. What are you going to recommend for them daily to try and do to slim down from this overconsumption of of electronic data? Yeah, I love the way it's slimming down. It's a nice expression. So um, yeah, I mean, it's staggering the, um, the the statistics that we get. I mean. In, in England, the average hours watched on TV is four. I think in, in America, it's five. We look at our cell phones 221 minutes a, uh, times a day. You know, it, it is staggering. So slimming down, I think, is a nice way of thinking about it. We don't, we don't want to put technology behind us and say it doesn't exist because actually there's some great stuff around it. But it's, um, it's understanding how to make it work for us better rather than it kind of dominate our thinking. So right. a really simple thing as far as kind of cell phones is concerned is, first off, just turn off all of your notifications. Because it, basically, when our you know our, our phones buzz, vibrate, you know, ring, you know, flash, that's the time that we get that lovely little Pavlovian response. We go, oh, there's something out there happening for me. 
you can actually turn them all off on a phone very, very easily. And then what you then do is you, you are very deliberate about using it when you see fit, not when the phone is trying to get your attention. So, so I think managing cell phones, that's a very simple thing to do. And um, mm -hmm. the other thing I do is I'm very, very deliberate about blocking out certain times of day where um, I do my email and I do look at my phone and other times I do not at all. And I think zoning your time really helps. As far as um, television is concerned, you know what, T television is um, it's one of those things that actually is incredibly easy to cut down on if you're just doing more things that are more fun. So most people, when they watch TV, it's because they've had a hard day at work, they come home in the evening, and actually they're just a bit exhausted and they don't really know what else to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, I would just, you know, take out some new hobbies, try some stuff out, get, do some reading, you know, go out, meet friends, learn to cook, just do something that's exciting and fun. And it's amazing how quickly you can cut down, you know, your, your viewing. I, I hardly ever watch TV now. Um, I, I'll watch a film on a plane, you know, mm -hmm. because I'm in that kind of nice little bubble where it's, it's quite nice to be entertained. Right. But, but I, you know, my, my, my viewing is, is minimal because I've got so many other things that I want to do. And I think, you know, that's the key to it. So you're, you're telling the listeners that, you know, to find an alternative habit that's different than actually turning on the TV, whatever it's walking or going out and exercising or doing a class or, you know, anything other than the TV. And I would agree with you that that's a great, great idea. You also state that we should clean up our act with drugs, refined sugar, alcohol, um, that the obvious benefits uh, to me are more energy, clearer mind state, overall healthier lifestyle. What other benefits do you believe one would receive from cleaning up themselves? And it doesn't matter what kind of drug, even if they're taking something to sleep at night, but if they could just get themselves away from the drugs and the alcohol and and obviously the refined sugars and also the caffeine which is on the list yeah caffeine. So, there you go yeah, yeah so so the reason for taking them out and, and by the way what i'm not is uh, what, you know i'm not puritanical and i don't think anyone should should completely get rid of all their vices you know what i suggest in the book is that you experiment with different you know different approaches and see what works for you and i i think clearing up your act for a week is a really good thing to do because what you can then do is you can then say actually afterwards, is there anything that I've taken out of my life that was really serving me? And then you can add it back in a more deliberate fashion. The, the difficulty is that these habits become so ingrained, we never question them. So a lot of people, you know, they work hard every night, you know, they're out for client dinners and, you know, they're, you know, it's all very sociable. And obviously, you know, booze just goes with that. And actually it becomes the norm. And unless you challenge that and you realize actually, you know, what it, what it gives you and what it takes, then it's very easy to be swept along with it. It's the same with, with caffeine. The number of offices I go into where the whole workforce is basically run on, on coffee. And, and actually, it's not that, um, that we could say, well, let's never drink it again. It's just the amount that they're drinking means that they're so wired half the time, it's very difficult to be conscious. So, I'm, not, I'm, I'm certainly not suggesting, you know, let's, let's get rid of everything forever, but I am suggesting do it for a week and then add things back very deliberately and see the difference it makes. I, I personally am a, a lot more limited on refined sugar all the time now. I, I'm a lot more deliberate about caffeine. Um, you know, alcohol you have to you know, be very, very careful with because, you know, it's amazing how that can creep up on you. And, um, and, and just by being more conscious and making a better choice, you've got more of a chance not to be trapped by autopilot. Yeah. I would say so. Absolutely. You know, I've never, people look at me, I don't drink any alcohol and uh, I don't drink coffee and I drink medicinal based teas 
And it certainly does help to keep yeah. a, a, a more conscious mind state. I would say that. Uh, it's balance, isn't it, Greg? That's the thing. Yeah, I think yeah. with, with a lot of these things, they just they take you up, they take you down. It's, it's like living on a roller coaster. And, and if you don't have balanced energy, then you, you're always looking for the next fix, the next thing to kind of get you through. Whereas, as you say, if you, if you learn how to manage that and you understand that there's a nice equilibrium to be had, then you know, you're not always looking for it. Right. And, you know, obviously mixing the two drugs, you have alcohol at night and basically the following morning trying to wake up, get going, you're going to put caffeine in your system. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it's just like it, it's really kind of it's stupid. It's an insidious cycle. But I see a lot of business people do it, you know, drink at night oh, sure. and get more coffee in the morning and they wonder why they're always tired or they can't perform. Now, you state <clears throat> that we as human beings are amazingly good at running around on autopilot, never noticing our world around us. You call it the opposite to these habits would be tuned in. What are just some of the benefits in your estimation of being, quote, tuned in? So for me, I think when you're being carried away on autopilot, you don't really experience the planet in its full technicolor glory. Everything that you're doing is based on a routine. Um, because your subconscious is running the show. And therefore, it just assumes everything that's going on around you is very familiar to what you've experienced before. Whereas the truth is, it's always unique. It's, it's always special. So if you tune into that, then I think you've got more of a chance to, to create more synchronicity in your life. I think you've got more of a chance to have a deeper and meaningful connection with the people in your life. And I think you're also um, going to be way more predisposed to be able to take opportunities and work with them creatively um, and, and therefore create a more extraordinary life. And, and for me, that's really what waking up is all about. It's about being able to sense the moment of the day and actually do something really meaningful and useful with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you give all these little insights. Obviously, there's 54, as you call them, playful strategies to help snap you out of autopilot. And you had one in here that I thought was kind of interesting. It's a friend of yours by the name of Dan Kernan who introduced you to a concept called, is it Spiels Big? Spiels something. Spielzeug. Yeah. Spielzeug. And yeah. tell my listeners what it is and why uh, our listeners, it's about picking up an object, favorite object that you like and spending time with it. But I got to get this from you, dude. Let's uh, figure yeah, it out. No, absolutely. Well, this is, the, you know, on my spectrum from, you know, normal to slightly more hippie. We're going down the hippie route here. But I, I, I love the concept of Spielzeug. The direct translation is plaything. Um, but, but, but that doesn't really kind of explain what it means. The, the idea behind Spielzeug is that there are different energies in everything around us every day, in, in objects, in people, and in places. And actually, you, you've probably noticed it with things like, um, I don't know, I, I've, got, I've got friends who have their favorite coffee mug. And when they hold that coffee mug, they feel as if they get more energy from it than if they had a different one. Mm -hmm. It would certainly be the same for me with my guitars or my, my, my cooking knives. You know, I've got one guitar that I will play every time because it's just got a different energy. I've got the same with a cooking knife. Now, the idea behind Spielzeug is that, um, that certain things have an energy that resonate better with you than others. If we can tune ourselves into Spielzeug, then I think a couple of things happen. Number one, you become more sensitized energetically. And by becoming more sensitized, you naturally escape autopilot more often. So that's a good thing. The second thing is that if you actually become more sensitized, you can then make more deliberate choices to follow the energy that gives you a more positive response. 
and, and I'm, I mean that in objects, I mean that in, in places, and I really mean that in people. If you can tune into that, then I think life just unfolds in, in, a, in a much more beautiful way. I'd agree. I mean, you know, everything has energy. Uh, obviously, a lot of people are big into setting up their rooms into feng shui and the energy of feng shui. And I think it's the energy that is transmuted by you actually being a lot more intuitive because when you do these kind of things, you pick up intuitive signals, which help you to be a lot more creative. Now, you mentioned that everyone on the planet is special and unique, that we should be more positive and spread more love. I couldn't agree more. How do you recommend, what would you do to tell this audience uh, uh, to accomplish this wonderful thing, which is spreading love in the work environment? Because, you know, a lot of people don't feel like they have permission, Chris, um, to do the love thing. I mean, at Southwest Airlines, it was all about love, right? But the the question is, how did somebody in England, you know, in a stuffy old company, come in and say, I love you, bro? Well, we don't have stuffy companies in England anymore. It's all changed, Greg. Oh, you do? Oh, I didn't know that. We got plenty of stuffy companies still here in the United States, so I know you got a few over there. So, um, so, so look, I, I'm totally with you on this one. You know, a third of our days on this planet are work days. If we aren't really you know, making the most of those, it's a terrible waste of life. And actually, um, if we can spread the love in work, it can have a huge transformational impact on... Uh, you know, us, our teams, the business we do. Um, so, so it's a great thing to go for. And um, when I was, um, I was writing this book, what, what I did was I, I worked with Psychologies magazine and we had thousands of people take part in these experiments to see what worked and what didn't. And we had this really simple one that we did on spreading the love. And we, we had a guy who was blogging about it, who ran a pub in, in the Midlands in, in England. And as he put it, he, um, he kind of expressed his emotions when he was growing up through his fists. So he came from a very tough background. And he loved this exercise. It's a very simple one. What you had to do is just find one person that you work with every day and just tell them what you love about them. Now, mm. he was quite nervous about doing so because he was from quite an alpha male kind of, you know, um, ag- aggressive kind of background. But what he realized very quickly was there were, there were so many benefits. The, the first benefit is obviously it deepens your relationship with the person you're working with or the people you're working with. So that's, that's a big tick and everyone likes that. But the second thing that he, he um, reported was that because he was looking for the good in people, he saw more good. So it was as if he just put more rainbows and sunshine in his work environment just by sharing the love once a day. And obviously, there's a, a massive karmic effect to that as well. So what he found was that you know, before long, other people started to share the love. And actually, the, the whole workplace became something that was way more positive. So it's a very simple thing to do. We just got to get over ourselves and, and not worry about how people respond because, do you know what? People like that stuff. Well, I, I think that people do. And I think that finding small ways to be able to express your love to somebody, whether it's at work or at home or uh, whether it's somebody on the street, is a good thing to do. And I agree, the more that we spread that, uh, the healthier our world will become, the more healed we'll become. Uh, goodness knows in, in the current environment we're living in, we need more people to love one another. So now, I am going to end our conversation here on a question which I started, which my listeners didn't get to hear. And that was that you and I aren't getting out of here alive. And you kind of end the book 
uh, pretty close to ending the book about this. We're, we're going to pass away, whether you believe in reincarnation or not. Uh, this physical form we're going to leave, our spiritual and our soul are an important element of who we are living here on the planet. What recommendations do you have for our listeners that are in a hurry and, are, and really need to learn how to stop, smell the roses, enjoy the moment, be more mindful? What would be your big epiphany to you? Because obviously, look, you're a guy that runs fast, you run hard, four books, big website, running around the world speaking, all kinds of stuff. Uh, what do you do? What do you personally do, Chris? <laughs> it's a great question. I mean, I, I have a few things that, that really help me. Um, the, the first one is I, I love to spend the first 10 minutes outside every day, just sitting quietly and just getting clear on who I am and where I'm going, and what I'm doing. And I was really lucky in, in Whistler this morning because I had a little note under my door saying there's a free yoga class this morning at 7 a.m. So I got my 10 minutes in and then I stretched off for an hour. And that is just about the best start of the day you can ever have. Mm -hmm. So I love that one. Uh, number two, I, I have certain things that help me get into a good place. So I travel with a guitar everywhere I go. Um, I'm not a, a fantastic musician by any means, but there is nothing better for me to get me from a busy state into a nice, present, relaxed state. And, and it makes me very present and quite playful, you know, because actually belting out a few tunes and singing along actually does something amazing to you because you have to breathe as well, you know, to, to do that well. So, so I love doing that. Um, I surround myself with fun people, and I know that, that might not be, um, you know, it's so easy for everyone all the time. But you know what? There are so many other light beings out there who are transformation in the way they think about this world, and they are up for fun and play. And quite frankly, you know, we don't have that much time on this planet, so why don't we find the ones that do something extraordinary and inspire us to, to lead that life? So, so that's another thing that I love to do. And, and quite frankly, if I look back at my day and I say, do you know what? That day wasn't that much fun. You know, there's nothing there that I really feels as if I, you know, I, I've, I've got excitement behind, then I'll recalibrate for the next one because you know, I want to wake up excited. I want to get to bed grateful. When I get that working, we're cooking. Hey, I always tell people, and probably you might have used this as well, if a video camp, videographer was walking around with you all day long taking a video of you, would you like what you saw after he played it back at the end of the day? And if you like who you are and that that video that he took of you all day long came back and you applauded, then you're doing good. But I guarantee you that if you take a video camera around, there's a lot of things that you could improve on. And that's what you're trying to get people to do. Let's get off of autopilot, wake up, find their true calling, find their creative self, express themselves and be themselves, you know, and instead of trying to be the best something of somebody else wanted you to be. I love your book, Chris. I think it's awesome. You got a lot of, opportunities for people here to learn and short little pieces by the way for my audience listening you know these are two three pages long maximum lots of opportunities to reflect on things that uh, uh, chris questions you about this book will truly wake you up chris thanks for being on inside personal growth and oh, by the way for my listeners again you can actually get to chris's website at www b-a-r-e-z hyphen brown.com Berez Brown and don't forget to go and we'll put a link Chris to iOS and Android the app the wake up now app 
go to Amazon, buy this book. Chris, any last words? Uh, no, I just, uh, my encouragement would be, you know, every day we, we can find reasons to make life hard and difficult and, and, you know, put a frown on our face. But every day we've got an opportunity to connect in a meaningful way to this amazing planet and the people on it. You know, make the choice. Wake up and it's just so much more fun. 